Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. to Attacking Third. So happy to talk with you on this Friday. We've got a busy, busy day ahead of us. NWSL transfers and trade are happening out the wazoo right now. The Women's Champions League, the quarterfinal is set. So we're going to recap the final group stage match day, plus the Women's Super League returns this weekend. So we're going to preview all of those matches for you. Alongside Sandra Herrera, Christine Cupo, Jordan Angeli, I'm Lisa Carlin. We won an award, guys. How cool. So we've got We've got a proud of and a little bit of congratulations to all of us because the Sports Podcast Awards, we were nominated for the Diverse Voices Award, and we won gold. That's first place. So thank you, everyone that is part of this show, um, from all of the talent, uh, the three of you, Jenny Chu, Erin uh, West, um, anyone that has joined our show, and everyone behind the scenes, our producer, Courtney Sith, Mark, Des, Munya, Adriana, Jasmine, there's a million people I'm forgetting, Darian, who's also not on this show. Thank you to everyone. And thanks for everyone who voted for us. Um, yeah, this is huge, honestly, guys. massive thank you to everybody that voted and continued to vote. Um, you're the MVPs presently of all of our lives. Yeah, for sure. We also welcome back Jordan. We haven't seen you in a while. Jordan, how are you? Guys, I'm good. And so it's so good to be back and to be back on a day where collectively we get to celebrate such a big milestone is pretty cool. And I also just want to say this is the second year in a row row, that this podcast has won an award. Started with you two, Lisa and Sandra. So I would just like to say thanks for setting the ground at a really good place. And we could just continue to build off of that. So uh, this is a great team to work with. I know we're all very honored to be on this team specifically. And I can't, I'm so excited to be back. I'm so, I was so excited when I saw that like Jordan was going to be on this episode because I was just like, ah, everything is just like coming together. We keep winning awards. Jordan's back <laughs> to join us. It's like, what a great way to kick off February. And then on top of that, we've got all this, you know, great stuff to talk about because, of course, our side of the game never sleeps. Right. So let's talk about it all. Oh, Sandra, it never sleeps. Um, The preseason has started in the NWSL, but that doesn't mean new signings and trades and transfers uh, stop by any means. In fact, they actually pick up. So let's run through some of the biggest transfers. One of the two newest expansion sides, Bay FC, has signed some big, big players, Nigerian forward Asisato Shwala from Barcelona. We actually had a great interview with her earlier this week, so go back and check that out. Bay has also added former Scottish international Jen Beattie from Arsenal and Ghana's forward Princess Marfo. San Diego Wave have acquired Swedish defender Hannah Ludkvist from Atletico Madrid. Canadian international midfielder Jesse Fleming has transferred from Chelsea to the Portland Thorns. And the Thorns, they also added German midfielder Marie Mueller from Freiburg. Staying on the West Coast, Seattle Reign, they've signed some players, including Welsh internationals midfielder Ungard James and defender Lily Woodham. Both of those players coming from England, Ungard from Tottenham and Woodham from Reading FC, both on a two-year contract with Seattle. 
The Kansas City Current have re-signed their celebration queen midfielder Lola Bonta, as well as veteran defender Mallory Weber for a one-year contract. Plus, the Current, they welcome two new players to the league. American-born Argentine international midfielder Sophie Braun, who played most recently with Club Lyon in Liga MX Femenil, as well as midfielder Reagan Stegletter from the Swedish League. Both of those players are signed through 2024 with an option for 2025. The North Carolina Courage have signed on loan or have sent on loan, excuse me, Danish midfielder Mila Guile. She has headed to France to play with Montpierre. The NWSL champions, New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC, they've re-signed free agents goalkeeper Michelle Bedos and midfielder McCall Zerboni. They've also re-signed midfielder Yasmin Ryan, Taryn Torres, and Delaney Sheehan, all to new contracts. So the champions are staying there. Good news for a lot of Gotham fans. Forward for Gotham Taylor Smith, she has then been sent on loan to the Women's Super League, Brighton. We'll talk more about the European women's football later in this episode. But there's some other European news that has happened. After nine seasons, Barcelona goalkeeper Sandra Panos announced that she will leave the club at the end of the season. She posted on social media, making her decision to, quote, take on new professional challenges at the end of the current season. Also, Brighton, they've decided to part ways with head coach Melissa Phillips after just 10 months at the helm. The Seagulls, they sit second from the bottom in the Super League table in 10th place. Defender Ava Gaetano out of Notre Dame. She's a two-time ACC Defender of the Year and one of the top young prospects collegiately this year. She registered for the NWSL draft and then ultimately withdrew before the draft started. She has now signed with PSG. So Ava Gaetano will be playing with her former fighting Irish teammate and new U.S. senior national team midfielder Corbin Albert. Uh, These moves keep on coming, ladies. Sandra, what stands out to you among this giant list of news I don't even know where to start honestly like I was I was listening to you just sort of like rattling it off and it, at the same time I was just like yep that's that's why we do what we do that's why you see attacking third not once not twice multiple times a week because of all of this stuff that kind of ends up dropping along the way I think maybe in a generalized kind of reaction Maybe we shouldn't be too surprised that it's a a slew of of Europeans or overseas and international players that we're starting to see this influx of of announced signings for for NWSL. I'm going to just echo what you said about Asisa Al-Shuala. Everyone needs to go check out the interview uh, that we had with her and all of the great coverage that we did across our platforms and kind of welcoming her arrival to to NWSL. But going going down the list of, of seeing some of these international signings, finally get announced right I think with that deadline day you're kind of wondering like what what does that mean well it looks like it means that international players are finally getting through that fax machine uh for the league and and teams are able to to make these announcements and and we you know get to celebrate them and and talk about them a bit on the show but um I think maybe the other ones that are probably really big for me. I like the move with Jesse Fleming to to the Thorns. I think it's it's massive for them, honestly. For a little while there, when we were looking at some of the movement, some of the player departures specifically for that team, maybe there's some question marks around, well, what is that going to mean for this team moving forward? And even if you look in the early phase of the offseason where they lose a player in Crystal Dunn, at that time you're like, they're actually going to be fine because they've got a number of players that can kind of rotate in and out of that midfield can be those game changers, whether it's Sam Coffey or Olivia Moultrie. And at the time, maybe referencing a Rocky Rodriguez, but then we saw this player get traded away to Angel City. So question marks, right? But the fact that they're getting Jesse Fleming in, I think this is going to be a player that they can continue to help kind of build around for Thorns. And it's coming, I think, at a really, really good time for this franchise because they're kind of entering this new era of Thorns football with a new ownership group in place. What is that going to look like? How are they going to sort of redefine what Thorns culture is moving forward? And part of that is maybe making a signing for, for players like this and kind of building with and around them. I love that, Sandra. And I I feel like one of the things that when I hear you talking, especially about Portland, I'm excited to see Jesse Fleming also with a chip on her shoulder. This is a player who played really well for Chelsea for years and now is not getting that consistent playing time. So what's better than coming to a place 
or you know a few familiar faces with Christine Sinclair and Janine Becky in that squad or Canadian teammate. So I'm excited for that Moultrie Fleming one-two punch. I think you can play him as dual eights or almost dual tens in moments because they can be slippery in the attacking third. They can play a final pass, but also they have that little bit of grit and could be anchored by Sam Coffey. So I'm excited by that. But I'm going to go to Bay FC because we talked about one key player who I think everybody now is going to go listen to that interview that you guys had with Ashwala. But I think Jen Beatty is really interesting because during the draft, we had an opportunity to talk to Albertine Montoya about how he wants to build a team. And he said the one player he was going to be mad at got picked number one was Savvy King, and he wouldn't have been able to get her at two. Well, the stars aligned. He gets Savvy King at two. And he talked about making a generational player at the club. And the way you build a generational player is with players around her who have the experience. Now she has Beatty next to her, 15 years as an international, uh, dozens of years, a few years at Arsenal. This is a player with the experience to nurture someone next to her, like a savvy king, into being that player who is a generational talent, not just for Bay FC, but really for the U.S. Women's National Team one day. I love that signing. And uh, can I add one more note really quick that we just learned um, from our broadcast superstar, Jen Cooper, keeper notes on Twitter. She said that this is the biggest offseason when it comes to internationals, which we're not surprised about. Right, guys? As of today, February 2nd, there are 23 new players international players that have now joined NWSL. That is a milestone we have to celebrate. We have to keep pushing because that's how we continue to push this league to be one of the best in the world. Love that. I have to chime in. I think that was like really serendipitous that you chose BD because of course I was going right for Jen BD, especially after seeing the project that Bay are putting together. She is responsible. She has the most header goals in WSL. Okay. So she has goal scoring ability, for Arsenal. She showed out. She is a string puller in terms of just connecting passes and kind of making things go in that back line. Um, She's got so much experience. And I feel like when you look for an expansion side like he has, which we're seeing kind of these big, big puzzle pieces fall into place for them um, with uh, Asisa Oshwola um, and also Dana Castellanos, I... I am really seeing where they're leaning and what's going to be ahead. And now I'm getting really, really excited about their first match against Angel City in March. But I think that with with Beatty, they really get more bang for their buck. I think it's beneficial for her, too, because she's seen a decline in her minutes this season. She was a massive, massive part of their Champions League run last season. Um, I'm really, really excited to see what she can do on U.S. soil now. There's so many moving parts and having all these internationals in the league, it does help and it does change things. Um, with Portland, signing Mueller just happened right before we went live. It's yeah. actually 24 internationals right now. And that number is counting. It's still going up. And honestly, you have to look at the landscape of football. Last year, there was a World Cup. So a lot of the players that came were looking to get more time and more minutes with that World Cup absence. There's not a World Cup this year. So we're getting big superstar internationals to come play here in the NWSL. Can I just add one more thing? And also there was a lot of movement in the offseason with free agency and a lot of delays in an additional salary cap. So that delayed all of these movements a little bit longer than maybe we would have liked. But I think Mm -hmm. we're all sitting here celebrating where this league is continuing to grow and how it's including so many superstars from around the world. And, yeah, and I, think, and, I think it's important to note maybe like the re-signings too. I think those are like maybe we're rightfully getting excited about these internet major international signings. But I think, you know, Labonta re-signing with Kansas City, massive. For me, Yasmin Ryan especially, I feel like she did not get nearly the hype that she deserves for Gotham. And for that re-signing, like nope. bravo, um, especially yeah. of that group. Big. 
a lot of these news are coming out after uh, people, fans have seen players listed on preseason rosters for these clubs. The re-signing and the signing of contracts, whether it's on loan, whether it's a new player, whether it's just re-signing a contract, it has to go through a process within the league, basically to be re-employed by the league. So it's almost as if you're getting hired and you have to go through a re-onboarding process. So it takes a little bit for these announcements to come because the clubs are following it by the book, making sure they don't get fined by things like that, waiting for all the paperwork work to be approved by the league and then they get announced so more of these announcements are for sure to come in the coming days within the nwsl and across the landscape of of the sport here in the states but we have a lot more to talk about because champions league the quarterfinal is set there was chaos on match day six some own goal movement in the standings it was all over the place so we're going to recap it all next don't go anywhere Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Hey everyone, welcome back to Attacking Third. The UEFA Women's Champions League quarterfinals are set. Barcelona, Benfica, Lyon, Braun, PSG, Chelsea, Ajax, and Hacken have all advanced all hoping to make it to Saturday, May 25th, and ultimately lift the Champions League trophy. Let's start with Group C, because the most chaotic, potentially group of death, craziest group that there ever was, went down to the final match day, and we still had chaos and own goals. And who knew that this was about to happen? PSG uh, traveled to play Bayern. Ajax hosted Roma. Um, the standings were incredibly close heading into this game. As these games were happening and goals were being scored, the standings were changing. The who was going to advance was constantly changing. We have to start with PSG and Bayern. Bayern had an opportunity to win Group C. They picked up a point in match day five over Roma that allowed them to continue to advance. They needed a win over PSG. A tie was not going to be enough for them. And ultimately, a 2-2 draw against PSG punches PSG through to the quarterfinals. Um, the, The standings were changing mid-match because of Ajax Roma as well. Jordan, this was drama in PSG Bayern. I mean, did yeah, tell, tell us about the drama. Well, did you guys feel as anxious as I did just watching yes. this game and seeing yeah. the standings change? And I was like, don't yes. do it. Don't let another goal in. Score another goal. Like in, During the moments, I myself felt like I was on each team thinking, how am I going to get myself out of this game in one piece without losing all my hair? Because it it was one of those games that made you feel like, especially for Bayern, and this was my takeaway, I thought this was the best Bayern has looked in a while. Against a PSG team who has been absolutely ruthless in attack, they were actually, through the first, I would say, 60 minutes, Bayern controlled the tempo of this game. I'm not saying they had the ball all the time, but PSG had a very clear tactic. They wanted to get in behind the left side of Bayern's defense, and Bayern said, all right, if you're going to try that, we're just going to scoop up the first and second balls 
keep possession and start to build. And it was towards the end of that first half that you started seeing Bayern put some better attacks going forward. But in those waning minutes when it was two to one and you're thinking Bayern figured it out, they're going to beat PSG. They're going to get themselves into the knockout rounds. It was PSG's, I would say, grit, fight, uh, gamesmanship that upped them a level. And I liked that from this PSG squad because you can have all the goals. You can have all of the, the celebrations and the big moments, but if you don't have the type of grit to get yourself back in a game like this one, knowing what was at stake, I think it's all for naught, right? And that was the biggest takeaway I think I took from PSG in this is they can do it in the moments where everybody is like giving them a round of applause, but they can also do it on a counterattack pushing a defender out of the way and scoring a goal or off of a set piece and a deflection. Uh, Sometimes that's the way you have to get it done. And this PSG squad showed something different. I think having all of those unpredictable scenarios in a final match day was the thing that's, that told ourselves like, Hey, maybe there might be some chaos on this day, but I don't, I don't know if even with all that pregame, mental check I was prepared for any of this because it was absolutely wild to sort of feel and see and witness the the, the back and forth I'm, I'm with you 100% on PSG Jordan I think that's also what I was looking for from this team because they didn't start off their group stage very well really tough zero points you know to start off their couple of group matches here and it was almost kind of like when is this team going to wake up and I think there's something to be said about the team that does have experience but almost has this layer of unpredictability around them as they kind of now enter into the knockout stages and that's what I'm going to look for when they you know would they get whoever they get during the draw on February 6th what is that going to look like what is the PSG that we're going to see and show up and kind of run the show you know I know Marie Antoinette Cototo has been that key player for them but you know looking around them as well in terms of who's going to continue to kind of take that game by the neck and kind of force things going the fact that it comes down to an old goal for me I thought was also really really telling it says something about a forced on goal you know from a team that just doesn't want to lose or just doesn't want to let the possibility of an elimination kind of creep in and these are two iconic clubs in that it's wild to think that one of them ultimately was going to knock out the other these are two teams that have been in the knockouts of uh UEFA Women's Champions League for like the fast past five campaigns, I believe. And the fact that one of them isn't going to be there, I think says a lot about, you know, the level of play that we saw in that final group stage. So very excited for PSG and kind of where they decide to take this momentum that they've generated for themselves moving forward. PSG ultimately advancing um, out of this one. The other match in this group was Ajax against Roma. Uh, Roma scored first. They went up early a goal in the 32nd minute from Elisa Bartoni. Then Ajax equalizes right before halftime, a transition goal, and ultimately another own goal Goal. decides this match, um, sending Ajax through to the quarterfinal. Christine, you were high on Roma. We we made predictions for this group about who was going to go through and what was going to happen. I'm just going to say, Sandra and I, we did get this one right with PSG and Ajax, but I, I want to hear from you, Christine. What did you make of this match, so Roma you're and Ajax? Right, you're right. Okay, you're right. Right, you're right. It, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's okay. You know what? With anything, this is just a reminder that history does not necessarily set a precedent for forward actions, okay? Um, with that being said, Roma made a deep run into the quarterfinals last Champions League. They looked great this season. Not so much. They were a little bit of a shadow of themselves. Uh, a little bit sloppy, uh, late goals that have just like tipped the scales that were not in their favor, um, critical errors. I just, it's very frustrating to know what they are capable of doing and to see what they actually manage to do because I don't see any massive changes within the squad that would cause such a deviation outside of just a matter of a lack of fitness. And, you know, they did address that many, many times. It's just that they haven't been able to get a proper training session in, in quite some time, especially coming into the new year that, you know, that had been a major handicap for the squad itself. And it showed, I think oftentimes it just, you know, you could either set a metronome by their passing or it was disjointed, a little bit flat, um, a little bit sloppy on some runs, a, a lack of completion and finishing runs. It just, uh, wasn't up to snuff. And unfortunately, they're, they're not making as deep a run as they had. Uh, Bars, yeah, so Roma now um, out of this as well. But Sandra, Ajax, I mean, are you surprised by this, uh, that they have advanced to the quarterfinal? 
Oh, Lisa, you and I had them pigs. We said PSG and I, so I'm not going to rub it in a little bit. Yeah, gosh, salt in the wound. I'm going to become a gambler and I'm only (laughs) consulting the two of you. I'm not going to come on here and say, oh, I'm so, so shocked. But I'm not also going to lie and say I wasn't nervous. I was. This game, again, alongside watching everything kind of kicking off at at once, definitely brought, brought some of the nerves. But honestly, just thrilled for this Dutch side moving forward. I think maybe going into this group stage, maybe folks out there didn't necessarily have them rated. I think now that they for sure are one of the final eight going to the quarterfinals, I won't be surprised if you hear a lot of folks saying like, oh yeah, that's my my dark horse. And that's fine. Hop on the bandwagon because it's a fun one. I think this Dutch side has been a you know, really thrilling side to watch throughout this group stage. They've provided some upsets. They've provided some really tough challenges. And of course, we've been chatting a lot about Lily Johannes and her role with Ajax and what that's meant to this team. I mean, has looked, the 16-year-old has sort just played with a level of maturity that I don't think you know new eyeballs on the game have expected to to see in someone like her but she's absolutely not only commanded the the ball on the pitch as a as a ball winner and ball handler but she's absolutely commanded the respect of, of the veterans around her you could tell in the way that she plays and it was a massive massive key part of that final match to make sure that they ultimately broke through to to the knockout round so it's going to be a different beast for them i think that's the other thing that we're going to have to take a look at in these knockout rounds that there are teams that are going to get this experience for the first time going up against some other teams who know what it's like to be here in this moment. So well, how are they going to navigate those those bright lights as they continue to only get brighter? So I'm, I'm excited to see what the they could do next. You know, as a sort of tangential takeaway from that Ajax performance, specifically Lily, I'm kind of just now, obviously we know she's played for both the U.S. and she's also played for Netherlands. She's been there since she's 10. What do you think, baby? Perhaps somehow hmm, we could be. <laughs> we'll see. Her. I know. I know. Do we send I know her just like a red, white, and blue tracksuit and hope for the best? <laughs> I thought you were going to say New York pizza. Just start sending the. Just start sending merch. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. I don't know. It's it's uh <laughs> look. I don't know if there's anyone else who's got a better uh, bird's eye view than what's going on with Lily Johannes right now during the Champions League than, than Emma Hayes. So I guess it's something mm-hmm. that we'll try to pay saying, I feel like Emma Hayes is like the cover to our brochure now. Like we just, <laughs> we put her face on it and then That's open the it up and it's like, pitch. Pizza. here's some literature Dogs. for you. <laughs> what else do we have to offer? I don't know. Before we get off of this and just, I think this is a good point to the youth, but also the diversity of where we're at right now with these teams that are moving through. We're seeing, we saw it last year in the Women's World Cup in the summer, teams that people weren't expecting showing up and playing really well. I remember when we were sitting here talking about the teams that didn't make it even into Champions League, one of them being Arsenal and how shocked we all were with that. And now we're in a place where maybe we weren't expecting IX to move forward or Hacken to move forward. And we're seeing the game now, what the game is now with youth players who are here to impress, not just to be a 16-year-old, but to be an impact playing 16 year old and with clubs from all different countries saying, don't forget about us. We're part of this equation too. And we're here to make our statement. And I love, I just love where the women's game is right now and how many eyeballs are on it. And um, just these women showing up and balling out. It is, it is something to watch. And I know where our, our thoughts are on what these matchups are going to be in uh, just a couple of weeks. For Ajax to advance to the quarterfinals, they become the first Netherlands team to make it this far in Champions League since 06-07 season. Meanwhile, PSG advancing along with them, Roma out, as well as Bayern Munich. Um, Eintracht Frankfurt already out as well. And with Bayern's elimination, it means that no German side is left in the final eight, uh, which is interesting. We'll have some fun facts. Let's move on. Group A had a lot of fun on this last day. Group A finished with Barcelona 16 points, Benfica 9, Eintracht 7, and Rosengard 1. So Eintracht and Rosengard eliminated Barcelona and Benfica advancing. And they faced each other on the final match day. Um, this was historic for Benfica. They end Barcelona's 23-match win streak with a 4-4 match day six draw, handing Barcelona their first draw in 
all of these matches insane. Barcelona had an opportunity. They go up 2-0 in the first 20 minutes. Um, Carolyn Grant Hampson finding the back of the net. Then there's some young players coming in for Benfica. Um, their midfielder, Marie Yasmin Ildoa, nets a brace. It's then 2-2. That's all before halftime, guys. It was crazy. This just continued to roll and go on. Um, plus, we had some really fun goals, right? Jessica Silva in this game. What did you think of this? Who, who liked this match? I think I mean, we all. Are we all just this. raising our hand? <laughs> like, like, are we all just raising our hand again? I mean, there was. I look just to piggyback off of what you said, Lisa. You know, there was an opportunity here. I think for for Barcelona. You want you look for the teams that are those kind of iconic brands, the ones that have, you know, the all the mechanisms in place to to have success, the the talent, the players, the the coaching, and you wonder, okay, they've already solidified their place, they're through to the knockouts. What's a final match day in the group? Well, it turns out it's it's very chaotic if you're if you're Barcelona, but they could have um, you know kept chasing history a bit, right? A, a team to maybe kind of obtain all eighteen points in, in a group, and they fell just short of that because they went up against what was an equally hungry Benfica who wanted to you know continue to chase a bit of history of their own as well, you know. So I I, I love that what we got was an eight goal kind of back and forth a little bit of a slugfest at, at times um but i think when you're when we're looking at both of these teams kind of going through it the difference in in pots you know from the four teams who will be in pot one and, and the other four who will be in pot two like who where are, where the draw is going to have these two teams in the end i think we'll maybe say a little we'll have a little bit more to say about that because barcelona will have had all the experience behind them along with the talent who will they go up against and will that you know folks will obviously say is that going to be a challenge for them because they are such beasts you know on on the pitch and i think especially heading into the knockouts with all of this momentum a carolyn graham hansen who is in an absolute incredible form right now she's absolutely heard and seen all of the lack of representation of her name on some of these standout individual awards. And I think she's absolutely coming for all of those in the following year. So I think she's in remarkable form. And that is a very, very scary thing to think about as they go into knockouts. Yeah, I got her goal, her, the first goal oh. of the game, her movement was something that you don't see wingers do very often to cut inside and then be that little near post flick. I, I love that from Graham Hansen. But I will say, and this has been something that we've known of Barca for a while, that it, they're not always shown such an aggressive team in attack, right? They don't have to defend as much as other teams because to score a lot, well, you got to give away a lot too. And they throw numbers forward. And I would say Barcelona right now, the biggest worry that I have, if I am then, is who are we defensively? Because it, it wasn't good enough. You give up a goal on a throw-in, your first goal, then it's a counterattack. It's a seven against four in a counterattack, their second goal was. 7v4. That's a crazy, crazy numbers for Benfica, but also what was Barcelona doing in that expansive shape at a point that they could give the ball away? I think there's questions there, but the biggest question for me is the third goal. They, it was two players versus six players for Barcelona in a transition moment yet again. So for Barcelona going into the knockout round, you were going to see goals from them, the biggest question, are they going to be able to defend some of these bigger teams who are going to ask a lot of them defensively? Um, I think, too, with just the theme of match week six is just like these insane number of own goals. Like what was in the water? I mean, you have like the Lucy Bronze, like pocket change minutes goal in redemption for the own goal this match my head was just like spinning I was like this is why I actually love this sport because I assume it's like drugs I've never done drugs because I do football but it, it just <laughs> a really fun fun match Oh, Christine, absolutely amazing. It was a fun match. 4-4, ultimately, Barcelona advances. Uh, the other match in that group uh, saw Eintracht Frankfurt 
get a 5-0 win over Rosengard. Both sides already eliminated. However, five different goal scorers for Eintracht. Um, in Group B, it was Lyon, Braun, Slavia Praha, and St. Poulton. Lyon and Braun advance. Lyon drew with um, the Prague side 2-2. Uh, Lyon won the reverse picture 9-0 and then end up drawing 2-2 on this one. Um, it was 1-1 by the 10th minute. So that was a really good game as well. I mean, it, we got good matchups on this final match day. Braun against St. Poulton. Braun had already secured a spot in the quarterfinals prior to this match. They end up beating St. Poulton 2-1 to advance. And then in Group D, it was Chelsea, Hacken, Paris FC, and Real Madrid. Real Madrid had been eliminated. Chelsea and Hacken have clinched. They're advancing. So Chelsea stay unbeaten and at the top of the group um, after beating Perry FC 5-0 goals from Fran Kirby, Mia Fischel, Guru Wrighton, Mora Mielda, Corner Kick, Header Flicks, really good goals. It was fun in this one. We got to see nine changes from Chelsea and from Emma Hayes from their Super League match, uh, 3-1 win over Brighton. Uh, a lot of rotations, including the first Champions League appearance for Aggie Beaver-Jones, the forward for Chelsea. Then Hacken defeat Real Madrid 1-0. Final thoughts, Christine, on this matchup. I mean, you're you're kind of going crazy there. And yes, because, I see okay. you. so for me, this Chelsea match, okay, so many changes. So changes, but sometimes it looked like they'd never played together. And then despite that, you have four shots on goal, four goals. What? I just, if they could do that all the time, I'd be more terrified of Chelsea than I am already. It's just the precision, right? Like, Four. Four for four. I don't know. And that's in the midst of everything else being sort of disjointed, occasionally just not as fluid as it usually is. Um, and and uncharacteristic number of changes for Emma Hayes. Um, and then, of course, I just think um, her EFC just like underperformed here. Like, I think they're better than they have been. And I don't say that because I'm so salty about the Arsenal thing. Um, but <laughs> they, they had a good shift. Okay. Like, um, I kind of wanted to see them run for a bit longer. Yeah, I get that. I, I like the changes, honestly, for Chelsea and Emma Hayes side because they need that, right? You have to get minutes for some of these other players and experience, especially if Chelsea wants to go all the way. And they do. They've made that very, very clear. Well, is that, that a trial they, for Chelsea or an insult to Paris? No, I think it's a trial for Chelsea. It, it, they didn't go into this match saying, yeah, it's okay if we lose. It's okay if we draw. They wanted to win. They wanted to pick up a shutout, get on the board and score. No, it, it's not an insult at all to Perry, especially when you see that they did knock out some some heavy hitters. And a lot of teams don't have the ability to use the depth that they use. And yeah. so I think that that's fair. If you got like, the hat to, yeah. hey, we still have a bench that could. 100%. And twice. I think that, that's smart. it. For Chelsea, that's when we're when we're talking about the knockout rounds and what are those X factors that are going to separate the the greats who are going to go after it versus maybe those who are experiencing this for the first time. I think that's what it is for Chelsea. It's it's an absolute flex to have that as your X factor to have that deep of a bench. Especially when you need to now rely on these players. We talked so much about the absence of Sam Kerr going down with her ACL injury and how does Mia Fischel step into that role and fill it uh she got her first champions league goal so that it's it builds up the confidence and then you head into the weekend of super league matches feeling like you're ready to go and your star players are also rested a little bit so ultimately the the draw will happen february 6th um in this champions league i want to know from you guys your dream quarterfinal matchup there are four group winners that's barcelona leon psg and chelsea they will be seated and will be drawn to face the four runners up benfica braun ajax and hacken there's one qualifier there no club can face a side that they played in the group stage so those are your four and four jordan which teams do you want to square off against each other Ooh, I get to go first. Thank you. Ooh. I'm going to go quickly here and say I have Benfica Lyon as my my game that I want to see. Benfica just that showed up fun. against the defending champs yeah. in the last game. And Lyon gave up two pretty soft goals and something that they're not going to be happy with. But this is a team who is a complete team. I think one of the favorites in this tournament. But after what we saw from Benfica, I would say don't count them out because nope. if this is a match, I, I would just like to see this matchup and what Jess Silva and that front line can do against Leon's back line. I like that one a lot. I, I I would not be upset if we got to see maybe Chelsea and an Ajax. I think that's another one that could provide some some fun soccer, some entertaining football, you know, and maybe even an upset. 
or or you know along the way. So I, I I'm I'm here to maybe see things as as even as they could be. Um, you know what uh, you know what is Ajax going to look like going up against again a team that that's that's been there before. I'm trying to think of what the most chaotic matchup I could possibly. <laughs> so like I'm just and the funny part is if this actually came to fruition, I'd probably have to like go buy a lottery ticket. But let's go hacking. Um Benfica. Ooh. Uh well, they are I don't think they would be able to play each other. I like Wait, the chaos though. I have to go. Oh, I have to go. Okay, yeah. let's go. Mm. So I have Hacken PSG as my matchup. I That's think that that one could be really good. Hacken's this feisty, competitive side. They they can score goals. They're in a bit of a rut. They want to get back on the other side of it. And PSG, they're susceptible to giving up goals, right? They've only got two shutouts in throughout that group stage. So, oh, you know, maybe I'll side with you. I just really like Matt. So I'd like to see her actually get to play somewhere um, uninjured and unencumbered. So let's go. Let's go PSG. Well, I um, I did know that Ajax and PSG would advance. So you're smart to go with me, Christine. I appreciate that one. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm that was our time. You know, like I'm picking a little bit of you, a little bit of Sandra, because Sandra is like Hecken's mother. So I'm that's just me. like, all right. It's true. It's true. Well, that's our Champions League matchup. The draw will be on February 6th. Of course, we're going to continue to cover it right here at Attacking Third. We've got Women's Super League weekend match day 13 coming up. We're going to preview all the matches when we return. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, welcome back to Attacking Third. Women's Super League Match Day 13 is coming up this weekend. We have a long list of games. Aston Villa against Bristol City. That match happening 7.30 a.m. on Saturday, the lone match on Saturday. And Manchester United host Brighton 7 a.m. Sunday. West Ham against Arsenal, 7.30 on Sunday. Manchester City against Leicester City, 8 a.m. Sunday. Liverpool against Tottenham, 9 a.m. Sunday. And then the afternoon delight, Chelsea versus Everton. That's 1.45 in the afternoon on Sunday. Lots of good matchups here. Christine, which is your Women's Super League match of the weekend to watch? You know... I feel like I'm going to not be predictable because, you know, I'm going to be like, oh, Arsenal. And, you know, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do Man City because I want to watch the Bunny Shaw show again. Um, she's right now leading in WSL goals scored. I'd like to see her extend that lead. Um, I think that um, Leicester City, uh, they they beat, Man, they beat Man City on pens already. Um, I think they'd probably need a similar performance to get it done, but I think that we'll get a little bit more of that Man City flourish this go around. So, um, am I leaning Man City? Yes. Do I want to see them see what they got? Yes. Okay. 
I, I like this. Um, I, I'm going to go with Chelsea, honestly. Chelsea Everton, because of what we just saw Chelsea do midweek in Champions League. Um, they rested a lot of their players. They, I think we're going to see Emma Hayes go back to her normal rotation with players that are going to start. And frankly, Christine, I want Lauren James to bunny hop oh, over Bunny Shaw chase. again. Okay. Yeah. okay. I want to chase. I want Lauren James to continue her role um, the way it, it stands right now in the standings. Uh, bunny Shaw's got 13 goals. Lauren James has 12 and they are just continue continually neck and neck. I want to see that happen. And I also want to see Chelsea just continue to create separation at the top. It's been fun and I, I like to watch it. Um, all right, Sandra, who are you watching this weekend? I think I'm going to keep an eye again on, on Manchester United. They were the team that I was keeping an eye on in our previous episode. And I'm going to keep that energy going with this one. I think when I chose them initially, in our previous preview, I was like, they've got to get it together. They need to get a win. They got to snap things. And so now I want to see them build on that, essentially. Can they continue to string together some wins? And I think they could get it against Brighton. I mean, they ultimately had a six-game unbeaten streak versus Brighton. So I think they've got a bit of history there. And they got to get some goals. And when you're looking at some of the defensive side of things, Second worst defense. I think maybe this is the game where you can go ahead and maybe pick up some goals and kind of continue a bit of that momentum that you have gone ahead and kind of sustained. I know they were also recently in in some headlines because of Conti Cup, an ineligible player that was fielded during uh, you know Ashton Villa's time on the pitch. They're not going through to that cup. So are they going to continue to be motivated by some of these things? You know, I I, I think. This is a team that is unfortunately finding those top three spots on the league table, kind of evading them, kind of evaporating. They're losing a little bit, have lost or have lost a little bit of ground there. Are they going to be able to still be a team that can go out there and show that they're going to, you know, be competitors and, and, and make sure that they kind of at the very least keep things interesting. So I'm going to keep an eye on them this week and hopefully they can, uh, you know, stack up another win and say, hey, look, we can put together a streaker. Jordan, what about you? Well, can I just keep cooking a little bit on what one of you guys said? I want to. I'm going to go with the Chelsea Everton game as well because um, I think that this game against Everton, the way that Chelsea plays against a three-four-three, is perfect for what I'm calling the LJ zone. Lauren James loves to tuck inside, and when you're playing a three-back or a five-back, which Everton tend to play in there is that space, that little soft spot right inside where she can just occupy and freely flow into and find the ball. And I think that LJ zone is going to be all about her this weekend. And and one more note, and you know, I haven't been on the show in a while and I've been listening to you guys and I heard you guys talk (laughs) about Sam Kerr's injury and who's going to step up and this idea that it's a team effort. And I do believe that. And I do think now with the official getting her first Champions League goal, we're going to see a little bit of that uh, weight and pressure fall off. But I also want to say I am loving the way Fischl and James are interacting with one another. Fischl is not Kerr, and, and that's okay. But one of the things that I love about Mia Fischl, and I think you're going to continue to see it, and not just her success, but Lauren James' success, is how Fischl occupies players. She'll pull a player into the midfield to leave space in behind for Lauren James to run into. She'll pull a player to the near post to give uh, Lauren James space at the 12 to finish a, a shot. So even though Fischl might not get on the scoreboard, watch her in this game. If she does get the start, who knows? We don't know. If she gets the start, watch how she pulls defenders, manipulates space for her teammates, because it doesn't always show up at the end of the game. But if you're tuning in and watching what she's doing. This is a really bright, young, exciting player in her movements. And eventually that ends up with putting the ball in the back of the net. So that's the things that I'm going to watch in that game specifically. As the president of the Big Fish fan club, thank you for so concisely putting that. But no, it's, it's, you're, you're playing on Jordan. A lot of the most priceless um, intangibles don't show up on the stat sheet. Um, they may show up somewhere, but they don't necessarily show for her. Um, and one of the reasons that I appreciate her as a player is she knows how to be where she's needed. And I think that that's something that's just undervalued in a player, uh, especially when you're playing with someone like Lauren James. Uh, I wondered for a little bit if maybe that request by Emma to sort of collectively score team goals 
um, would maybe like overshadow me official a little bit because you know that LJ is going to step up to the plate again and again and again, and she already has. But now I'm starting to think maybe that's going to be a little bit of a flourish. Like the, the messaging is certainly team goals. And now it seems like they're both working together, but individually um, hunting. Jordan, for players around uh, Mia Fischel or Mia Fischel herself, players, frankly, around Sam Kerr, without her and now in her absence, how does that change the mindset of those players and what their duties and jobs are for this Chelsea side? Well, it changes a lot. I mean, just think of how many games Sam Kerr has played as the point person of this Chelsea squad. Every single player, whether you're new to the team because you've watched them play already before you've gotten there or you've played on that team for a while, you know Sam Kerr's movements. You know when she's going to check to the ball. You know when she wants it in behind. You know when she wants it in that little bit of space in front of the back line to her feet so she can go at a defender. Those are nuances to the game that you start to learn as you are playing with a, a player in whatever position it is. This point, it's a it's a nine, right? And I think as we see Fischl more in these spots and her connections with her wingers, with her the ten in behind her, you're starting to see them understand where she wants the ball and when she doesn't want the ball, and how she can pull away space for somebody else to run into um, to create on their own. So I think it is a learning curve and. It's also a really big league and Mia Fischl is starting to find her footing within this league. But I think we can all see it, right? The nuances, the building of those small building blocks and how to incorporate her in the right way. It changes a lot, but change isn't always a bad thing. And I think Chelsea Mm -hmm. is finding that they can still survive with some different players in there. I also think that it changes the opposition too. I I mentioned that earlier in in this show um, a few days ago, how opposition now thinks okay they're without their leader it, whether that's in champions league or in super leagues like it, the target on their back just became bigger and that much more achievable um opponents are now smacking their lips about how can we get on this chelsea side and, and put them in a hole or, or get one in on them just contain them a little bit because you don't have to worry about sam kerr because she's not there anymore it does right, make the eyes now you have to worry about like a right in who seems to be like yeah coming right into form and she looks fantastic. So it's weird how when you have a striker that you rely on so heavily vacates a space and you see who maybe now has the confidence to step up where they didn't before or where you held a different role where you were a contributor, where you'd string passes together for that person um, now making moves on their own. Well, Chelsea standing at the top of the Super League standings. They're three points ahead of Man City and Arsenal, both tied on 28 points. City in second place on goal differential. Manchester United and Liverpool rounding out the top five in the Super League. Match day 13 coming up this weekend. Um, And it was a pleasure to do this episode with you guys. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us, for listening, and for voting for us. We're so proud uh, to have won the Most Diverse Sports Podcast Award. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, and have a great weekend. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.